section thirty four of mysteries of london volume four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org mysteries of london volume four by george w m reynolds the dressmaker a love story part two julia said her ladyship suddenly turning towards her again and taking her hand as she thus spoke julia she repeated in an earnest appealing tone i will be a friend to you but it may happen that i also shall require the aid and sympathy of a friend and once more checking herself she sighed profoundly i would serve you night and day dear lady exclaimed the young milliner pressing to her lips the hand which still grasped her own i have not read your disposition inaccurately dearest girl responded lady caroline then assuming a more cheerful tone she said be it understood we are friends and now you must leave me as my mother will be inquiring after me julia received a parcel containing a variety of costly stuffs which she was to make up into dresses for her fair patroness and which would furnish her with work for at least a month and as she was leaving the room lady caroline said my own maid will call upon you every saturday evening and bring away whatever you may have finished until the whole be complete they then separated lady caroline pressing julia's hand warmly at parting and the young dressmaker hurried homeward her heart beating with joy at the kindness which she had experienced and the friendship she had formed after all she murmured to herself as she ascended the staircase to her chamber where little harry was sitting up to await her return after all the adventure of the spoilt dress has proved a service rather than an injury to me and perhaps she added but it was her heart and not her lips that now spoke the affair of the gilt counter may likewise bring me good luck julia now addressed herself to the work of which she had such profusion and while she sat plying her needle with little harry playing about the room she often thought of the handsome unknown every day after the frugal dinner she took her brother out to walk for an hour that a little exercise and fresh air might benefit them both and of an evening when she laid aside her work she gave him instruction in many useful branches of education during the day too he learnt his lessons and never did she suffer him to go out alone in the streets no not even on the slightest errand in fact this excellent young woman took as much care of her little orphan brother as if she had been his parent instead of his sister and it was a charming as well as touching sight to behold them repairing to the parish church on a sabbath morning each attired with so much neatness and yet in a plain and unobtrusive manner well three weeks had passed since the interview between julia and lady caroline and on each saturday evening her ladyship's maid called to receive and pay for the work that was finished the domestic was sure to have some pretty present from her mistress for julia and a handsome toy such as a transparent slate or puzzle or a miniature carpenter's toolbox for harry 
and the grateful milliner sent back her kindest but most respectful regards to her good patroness but during those three weeks she had neither seen nor heard anything of the handsome stranger and yet had he not promised that he would shortly call again wherefore should he call julia never paused to ask herself that question but she did sometimes admit within the secret recesses of her own heart that she thought it somewhat unkind he did not fulfil his promise after the distress she had endured in consequence of the mistake he had made respecting the gilt counter one day the landlady tapped at julia's door and on being desired to enter the good woman informed her that the gentleman in the cloak was waiting in the parlour below a blush instantly spread itself over julia's cheeks whereupon the landlady said in a low but impressive tone you need not be ashamed of an honest attachment miss and i know you are too good a girl to form any other in fact i told the gentleman what an excellent creature you were and how well you behaved to your little brother you told him all that exclaimed julia looking up in a surprise mingled with secret pleasure while the blush upon her beauteous countenance deepened certainly i did miss replied the landlady but not to-day it was when he called on account of that unpleasant little affair you know and before he sent me up to fetch you down he asked no end of questions about you and he seemed so pleased when i told him that you were such a good industrious young person and so kind to your orphan brother and how you kept yourself so quiet and respectable having no acquaintances scarcely and certainly no visitors except your lady customers or their maids but the gentleman did not ask all those questions said julia in a hesitating manner and with a tremulous voice while her heart palpitated with emotions of unknown pleasure indeed he did miss returned the landlady but dear me now i think of it he charged me not to tell you that he had asked anything at all concerning you and by the same token he gave me a sovereign to hold my tongue in this respect and therefore miss you must not even look as if you knew a syllable of what occurred on that occasion i am sure he is some great person in disguise and i am also certain that he has fallen in love with you julia's countenance now became scarlet and she was about to make a remonstrative reply when little harry who began to grow impatient at so much mysterious whispering between his sister and the landlady approached them saying is there anything the matter dear julia nothing my darling boy was the cheerful reply i shall return in a few minutes and julia hastened downstairs the landlady remaining with harry though the young maiden endeavoured to compose herself as much as possible yet all that the landlady had told her rushed to her mind with renewed force and stronger significancy just as she crossed the threshold of the parlour and appeared in the presence of the gentleman in the cloak he observed her confusion noticed the blush that mantled on her cheeks and mistaking the cause said as he took her hand i am afraid miss murray that you consider it indiscreet for me thus to pay my respects to you and indeed that fear has prevented me from calling sooner julia started cast down her eyes and made no reply for in her artless innocence it had never before struck her that an evil construction might be placed upon the visits of the gentleman but now the conviction that such was indeed the result to be apprehended was forced yes painfully forced upon her sensitive mind 
the stranger read what was passing in her imagination and if he were delighted to observe that the danger which he had specified was previously unsuspected by her ingenuous soul he was not the less gratified to acquire the certainty that her pure thoughts were shocked by the idea of compromising her reputation fear not miss murray he continued again taking her hand i should be the last person on the face of the earth to do you a wilful injury in any way i have merely called as in duty bound to assure myself that you have perfectly recovered from the effects of the distressing ordeal through which you were compelled to pass in consequence of my carelessness but innocence miss murray he added emphatically will invariably triumph in the long run and virtue will not ever languish unrewarded your exemplary conduct miss murray must sooner or later be adequately recompensed your tenderness towards your orphan brother must ensure for you the esteem and respect of all liberal and honest persons may i request as a particular favour that you will presently call on mr richardson the solicitor in berners street close by as i know that he has some tidings of rather an agreeable character to impart to you with these words the stranger pressed the young maiden's hand and respectfully took his leave of her julia hastened back to her own chamber and related to the worthy well-meaning but garrulous landlady everything that the gentleman in the cloak had said to her ah miss cried the woman i seem to have a foreknowledge that something good was to happen to you and now i am sure of it but pray make haste and see what the lawyer wants with you julia did not require to be pressed upon this point she herself was too anxious to solve this new mystery to permit any unnecessary delay to take place and having dressed little harry in his sunday apparel she put on her best bonnet and shawl and away the sister went with her little brother to the lawyers they entered an office in which there were a great many clerks who all left off writing to turn round and have a look at the pretty young lady for a lady did julia really seem as she actually was by birth education and manners but when she timidly mentioned her name she found herself the object of the most respectful attention the head clerk ushered her and her brother into a handsome apartment where an elderly gentleman with a benevolent countenance was seated at a desk covered with papers and the reception which he gave julia murray was more than courteous it was cordial and as it were paternally kind sit down young lady he said handing her to a chair and you my little fellow place yourself near your sister and now miss murray he continued raising his large silver spectacles from his eyes to his forehead i have some good news to communicate to you and i am sure after all i have heard of you i am proud and happy to be the medium of conveying anything agreeable to your ears you are very kind sir murmured the young lady still in the deepest suspense did you ever hear your late father speak of any one who owed him a sum of money inquired the lawyer julia reflected for a few moments and then replied in the negative well perhaps he did not mention his private affairs before you observed the lawyer it is nevertheless a fact that many years ago he advanced a certain sum to a friend who was in difficulties but these embarrassments continued ending in bankruptcy or something of the sort and so your poor father lost the whole amount thus advanced the friend went abroad and he has latterly returned to england a rich man 
having retrieved his fortunes in a foreign clime he made inquiries after your parents and to his sorrow learnt that they were no more but he could not succeed in tracing you out at length he saw a report of a certain case in the newspaper and ascertained that you were the young lady therein mentioned his sorrow at the first appearance of the affair was only equalled by his joy when he beheld the result for he has your interest deeply at heart he has however been compelled to leave london in a great hurry but before he went away he gave me certain instructions which i have fulfilled with all possible dispatch the sum which he borrowed of your father with compound interest amounts to six hundred pounds and this money i have laid out for you in the purchase of a neat little house with good serviceable furniture in camden town there is an excellent young gentleman's school close by and my client has paid a year in advance for master harry's tuition he also intends that you shall be at no expense for the boy's education over and above all this i am instructed to place these fifty pounds in your hands and if my client has thus done more than his actual liability to your father required it is simply as a recompense for the long delay which has occurred in refunding a loan so generously advanced and so vitally necessary to him at the time now my dear young lady i have no more to say farther than that this card furnishes the address of your house of which i likewise present you the key and may this little gleam of good fortune encourage you to pursue the course which has hitherto won for you so much esteem and which may yet lead you to the highest pinnacle of happiness and prosperity with these words the kind-hearted man shook julia warmly by the hand the young maiden endeavoured to express her heartfelt gratitude for the unexpected benefits thus showered upon her but tears tears of happiness flowed down her cheeks and her bosom was so full of strange and conflicting emotions that her powers of utterance were suspended even as she took up the bank-notes the key and the card and thrust them all together into her little silk bag her hands trembled so that she could scarcely perform those simple acts and when in a few minutes she found herself walking along the street with little harry by her side she could not remember leaving the lawyer's office she fancied that she had been giving way to some wild hallucination some absurd delusion of the brain but when she felt in her bag there were the proofs of the reality it was no easy task to make little harry comprehend the altered nature of their circumstances he could not conceive how his sister had possibly obtained a house of her own and fancied that she was joking with him for he had not been able to understand very much of what the lawyer had said to julia however all doubts on the boy's part vanished when he heard his sister explain to their landlady everything that had taken place at mr richardson's and conclude by requesting that good woman to accompany her forthwith to camden town this desire was complied with and away they all three went in a cab to the address designated upon the card in due time the vehicle drew up opposite a neat house forming one of a terrace recently built and the little party entered the dwelling with the least possible delay it was all new from top to bottom the furniture which was substantial and good was new likewise the hangings to the windows and the carpets had been selected with admirable taste 
in reference to the colour and pattern of the paper on the walls in fact the abode was fitted up in the most comfortable manner i congratulate you my dear miss murray exclaimed her companion and i am sure i am as delighted as yourself although i shall lose you as a lodger but you do not then think that it was the gentleman in the cloak who has done all this no answered julia that cannot be because i am sure the gentleman you speak of never knew my father and moreover the kind friend who has thus handsomely repaid the money my father lent him has gone out of town then how came the gentleman in the cloak to call and tell you miss that the lawyer wished to see you ah i never thought of that exclaimed julia and yet she added after a few moments serious reflection mr richardson said that my father's debtor had found me out through the medium of the newspaper report and this circumstance may have brought him and the gentleman in the cloak together true ejaculated the garrulous woman oh what a sweet place this is to be sure it is too good for me said julia in a mournful tone the first feelings of delight now yielding to sober reflection the occupant of such a house as this requires a servant and should possess a certain income whereas i cannot afford the former not possessing the latter oh miss are you blind to all the advantages now spread before your eyes demanded the woman here you are in your own house rent-free and with fifty pounds in your pocket harry schooling to be paid into the bargain all your kind patronesses will give you as much work as you can possibly manage now that they will see how you are getting on in the world and the number of your customers must increase then you can have the assistance of one or two respectable young girls and you will not only obtain a good living but be able to save money julia saw the truth of these observations and her heart was relieved from a heavy load besides said the talkative but well-meaning woman it would seem like flying in the face of providence not to be thankful for such bounties yes ejaculated julia touched more profoundly by this remark than by the worldly reasoning previously advanced by her companion i do sincerely and firmly believe that he who watches all our ways and knows all our steps has taken compassion upon me and my darling brother and i receive in thankfulness the blessings thus showered upon me thus speaking the young maiden turned aside for a few moments and heartfelt though short was the prayer which she breathed in silence to the almighty ruler of the universe on the following day julia and her little brother removed to their new house it would be vain to attempt to describe the joy and delight experienced by little harry at this change the more so inasmuch as there was a large piece of ground attached to the back part of the dwelling where he could play when the weather was fine through the agency of her late landlady a poor widow woman of middle age steady habits and great respectability was recommended to julia as servant or housekeeper and thus commenced the economy of the little household julia's first care was to address a note to all her kind patronesses to acquaint them with her removal and lady caroline jerningham was not forgotten harry commenced his attendance at the neighbouring school the master of which called upon miss murray and informed her that he had received from mr richardson a year's payment in advance for the boy's tuition and the preceptor being a kind worthy man harry soon became a great favourite with him several weeks passed away and it was astonishing how julia's business increased carriages were constantly stopping at her door the number of her patronesses rapidly augmenting and on inquiry she usually found that the new recommendations emanated from lady caroline who appeared by these results to be constantly thinking of her friend the young milliner 
in fact julia had so much work upon her hands that she was compelled to give a great portion out to respectable needlewomen in the neighbourhood for she preferred this mode of fulfilling her engagements rather than by taking assistance into the house four months had thus passed away and during this interval julia had never once seen the gentleman in the cloak nor had she received a visit from her father's debtor to whose honesty and generosity she owed so much she called once upon mr richardson to express a hope that the individual thus alluded to would give her an opportunity of thanking him personally but the lawyer assured her and as she thought somewhat abruptly that he had left the country on a long voyage and she returned home much vexed at the tidings she had received one evening it was a saturday evening and at about nine o'clock a cab stopped at the door and a double knock immediately announced some visitor it happened that the housekeeper was absent on a visit of two or three days to some relations in the country the girl who had been temporarily hired to do her work and who did not sleep in the house had gone for the night and harry was in bed in his own little room adjoining his sister's bedchamber upstairs julia was accordingly compelled to answer the door herself and her surprise was only equalled by her delight when she found that her visitress was lady caroline jerningham who had arrived thus mysteriously in a common street cab which she had dismissed on alighting at her young friend's house miss murray received her with the most sincere manifestations of joy and conducted her into the parlour where a cheerful fire was burning in the grate for though it was now the month of april yet the evenings had not entirely lost the chill of winter you must remember that julia had not seen lady caroline since that evening when the latter sent for her to the mansion in hanover square and on which occasion they had exchanged vows of friendship nearly five months had passed since that date and it struck julia as the light of the candles flashed upon the fair patrician's countenance that she was much altered her face was pale and careworn and her eyes beamed not with their wonted fires my dear julia she said seating herself near the fire i had intended to call upon you long ago but i have been ill and suffering in mind and body however she added hastily i have never once forgotten you and i am delighted to find that your business has prospered so well i am under obligations to your ladyship which i can never repay exclaimed julia taking the patrician's hand and conveying it to her lips do not address me in that formal style julia said lady caroline my god she cried bitterly would that i were not of noble birth would that i were a daughter of toil for then i should not have the thousand argus eyes of the world upon me and she clasped her hands in a manner indicative of deep mental anguish dearest lady caroline exclaimed julia what ails you oh tell me and show me how i may minister to you in your sufferings you once assured me julia that you would serve me by day and by night said lady caroline speaking in a low and almost hollow tone and casting anxious glances around as if she were afraid of being overheard yes dearest lady returned julia emphatically and i renew that pledge by day and by night can you command me are we in danger of intrusion demanded lady caroline anxiously not in the least dear lady excepting my little brother who is asleep in his own chamber we are alone in the house heaven be thanked ejaculated caroline jerningham speaking as if at least some portion of the heavy weight that lay upon her heart were removed by this assurance my generous friend said julia i see that you have a terrible but secret cause of grief 
make me your confidant i implore you if i can aid you i shall rejoice indeed to have the opportunity of proving my gratitude for all the kindness i have received at your hands and if i cannot assist i may at least be able to console you dearest julia i do indeed require a friend at this moment for surely never was wretched woman in such dreadful embarrassment as myself for the last few weeks i have lived only like one distracted keeping my chamber and affecting an illness though steadily refusing to receive the advice of the family physician and now fortunately my mother has gone on a visit for a few days to some friends in the country and my own maid is in my confidence and is trustworthy thus my absence from home will not be suspected and in this is now my only hope oh julia julia can you not understand my meaning then casting herself at the feet of the young milliner the almost heart-broken lady caroline exclaimed in the wildest paroxysm of bitter bitter grief as she joined her hands imploringly save my honour julia save my reputation and by so doing you save my life for i would perish by my own hand rather than endure exposure my god dearest lady what do you mean demanded julia fearful lest her friend's senses were leaving her and that she was uttering meaningless phrases in the incipient apparition of the intellect tell me how can i save you in any way for you know that you may depend upon me to the utmost how can you save me repeated the agonizing young lady in a voice of the most plaintive appeal oh do you not comprehend my condition julia and yet i am about to become a mother these words fell with stupefying astounding effect upon the ears of julia murray indeed she could scarcely believe that she had rightly interpreted their meaning the unhappy caroline mistook the cause of the young milliner's silence and amazement and rising from her suppliant posture she exclaimed while the proud patrician blood rushed to her cheeks i understand you miss you are shocked at the announcement i have made and you are indignant that i should apply to you to screen me i will drag myself away from your house therefore imploring you only to keep the secret which i have been so foolish so inconsiderate to reveal to you just heaven what do i hear reproaches from your lips cried julia and embracing the unhappy lady with sisterly warmth she said no no you have misunderstood me grief and surprise for a moment sealed my lips but you find me ready to succour you dearest benefactress to the utmost of my power thank you kind friend murmured lady caroline falling back exhausted into her seat for the agitated state of her feelings and the harrowing emotions which the dread of julia's coldness had just caused her to experience produced effects of a most perilous nature the young milliner knew not how to act she was bewildered and wringing her hands exclaimed oh what shall i do how can i aid her lady caroline partially recovered her presence of mind as these words fell upon her ears and giving a few hasty instructions these were instantly obeyed julia conducted or rather supported her to her own bedchamber and then throwing on her bonnet and shawl hurried away to fetch the nearest surgeon the medical man whom she sought was at home and he accompanied the milliner to the house where he arrived just at the moment that his services were required in a word lady caroline jerningham that night became the mother of a fine boy although the birth was premature by nearly a month and she had risked much by the necessity of adopting the indispensable means in regard to dress to conceal her situation for many weeks past the surgeon who had every reason to be satisfied with the liberality of julia on behalf of her unhappy friend and who was moreover a discreet man perceived that his patient was a young lady of superior grade in society and therefore volunteered his aid in ensuring the concealment of the affair 
in fact he stated that he was acquainted with a poor woman in the neighborhood who having just lost her own infant would be delighted to take charge of the newly-born babe lady caroline was so far recovered as to be able to take part in this conference and without suffering the slightest hint to transpire as to who she was she nevertheless intimated her readiness and ability to remunerate in the most liberal manner those who might be instrumental in completing the arrangements suggested the surgeon accordingly undertook the settlement of the business and after an hour's absence he returned accompanied by a young good-looking healthy woman who was willing to embrace the proposal that had been made to her she was married to a labouring man her name was porter and she lived at the distance of about half a mile from julia's house lady caroline had a well-filled purse but even if the contrary had been the case her friend the milliner could have supplied the funds required as it was the young mother gave mrs porter twenty pounds in advance and having mentioned a feigned name and address when questioned on that point lady caroline parted with her babe though not without many a bitter pang and a torrent of heart-wrung tears that was a wretched night for poor julia murray in the warmth of her gratitude and friendship she had become an accomplice in what she fancied when she had leisure for sober reflection to be something bordering upon the nature of a crime her pure soul shrank from the idea of the unnatural abandonment by a mother of a child to the mercy of a stranger rendered necessary even though the proceeding were by the peculiar circumstances in which that mother was placed moreover the readiness with which lady caroline had given a false name and address had somewhat shocked the truth-loving julia and then she feared lest the whole matter should by any possibility become known and compromise her own reputation all these thoughts and apprehensions swept across her mind after the surgeon and mrs porter had taken their departure and while lady caroline slept but the generous girl strove to banish from her mind reflections which tended to diminish her respect for the patrician lady who had manifested so much kindness towards her moreover the natural feelings of a woman towards one of her own sex placed in such interesting though embarrassing not to say alarming circumstances the sentiments of commiseration deep sympathy and tender friendship soon triumphed over all other considerations and when caroline awoke just as the grey dawn of morning was breaking into the chamber she found the young milliner watching by her bedside the suffering lady was considerably refreshed and strengthened by the long sleep she had enjoyed her mind was moreover relieved from the most excruciating anxieties and she poured forth her gratitude to julia murray in the most sincere and heartfelt manner then in the fullness of the tender confidence which had arisen between them caroline told her friend how she had loved her cousin a young lieutenant in the navy how their union was forbidden by her proud mother though assented to by her generous brother the marquis of wilmington how her mother had used her interest privately to get the young man appointed to a ship and sent to sea with only a few days warning and how in the anguish of parting she lady caroline had fallen a victim to her fatal passion this narrative moved julia to tears for the young milliner now comprehended what love was and she felt that she also loved and that when she sorrowed in secret at the protracted absence of the stranger who had given her the guilt counter it was in consequence of the impression which he had made upon her heart thus did julia murray at length obtain the reading of the mysterious sensations that stirred within her own soul fortunately there was a means of egress from little harry's room without the necessity of the boys passing through his sister's chamber and thus was the presence of lady caroline retained a profound secret from him 
you must also recollect that the incidents just related occurred on the saturday night and harry had by chance received an invitation to pass the sunday with his schoolmaster's family every circumstance thus appeared to favour the complete concealment of lady caroline's confinement but it was now necessary that julia should repair to the mansion in hanover square and acquaint the young lady's confidential maid with the event which had taken place as well as to arrange for caroline's unobserved return home on the monday evening for though at the risk of her life she was resolved to remain away no longer than the time specified this commission julia faithfully performed and after an absence of upwards of two hours she reached her own abode once more the patient was improving rapidly and when the surgeon called a second time on that sunday he was astonished to find her so strong and in the possession of so much physical and moral energy to be brief on the monday evening according to agreement lady caroline well wrapped up disguised in the attire of a daughter of the middle class and with a dark green veil drawn carefully over her countenance accompanied julia in a hackney-coach to hanover square and the two were admitted into the mansion the hall-porter believing his young mistress to be a friend and equal of the milliner in this manner they reached caroline's own chamber without the truth being for an instant suspected and the confidential maid was in readiness to receive her lady julia remained there until the maid had ascertained that the hall-porter had been relieved by another domestic during the supper-hour and then the milliner took her departure accompanied by the fervent gratitude and blessings of the fair patrician whom she had thus extricated from a maze of the most frightful difficulties End of section thirty four